What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Halftime Snacks podcast. This show features short interviews that you can listen during the halftime of your favorite sports events. Every Tuesday, I host fun conversations with talented people in the sports industry, where we'll learn from their stories, knowledge, and experiences. So go grab your favorite snack and come snack with us. Are you ready? Let's go. Today's episode of the Halftime Snacks features an expert in computer science, neuroscience, and artificial intelligence. This guest has conducted research for over a decade in neuroscience and artificial intelligence, has a PhD in computer science, and postdoctoral studies in AI. He's the CEO and co-founder of iBrainTech, an AI-powered brain training platform that enhances the performance of athletes in sports. Their video game trains the athlete's mind by developing skills related to planning and execution of sports actions. They currently offer the solution for soccer, began developing one for basketball, and aim to expand to other verticals. Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce Konstantin Sonkin. Hello all. Thank you very much. It's great intro. Uh, like After that, I always feel very old. <laughs> Konstantin, man, welcome to the Halftime Snacks. Of course, it's a pleasure to have you here. How about we kick it off with a fun icebreaker, man? Let's, let's see what you think. If you were responsible for choosing whether the world would have bagels or donuts, which one would you choose and why? Wow, it's impossible to decide. I don't know. I love them both. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I would go with bagels. We are from Israel. Oh, you, you're a bagels guy. Okay, nice, nice. I like that. I like the spirit. You're a bagels guy. We're gonna we're gonna be remembering that throughout the episode. Um, man, you 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 have this very interesting um, background, which is very filled with tons of science and technology and computer science and AI. You have so much of that in, in your background. But I wonder when exactly did you first develop a passion for technology? Maybe it was some sometime in your in your youth when you were young. Uh, sometime, you know, when, when you tried to decide what you wanted to study. I just wonder if you can remember the, the moment where you first got super passionate about technology and decided that that was the path that you wanted to take. Definitely. I, I really remember two very important periods of my life. First, I was in uh, my elementary school and I, I really wanted to, to write poetry. But I found that, you know, writing poetry is, uh, I don't have enough skills for that. And then I found out that I'm really good in math. So I can see beauty in algorithms or in some equations. And for, for, for me, it's like writing good literature or good poetry. And then I decided to, to become a software developer uh, because I can express my creativity through that. And then um, later on, when I was finishing my master's, I realized that being just a software developer is not, is not poetry enough. It's not aesthetic enough. And uh, I got really, really um, excited with the fact that once biological organization of the brain inspired AI. And since then, AI improved dramatically and our understanding about the brain still very, very in the early stages. And then I said, okay, we need really to apply AI models in our computational uh, power to better understand 
what we have here uh, inside the bone of the skull and uh, 12 years it was amazing journey uh, digging into the real wonders of our of our brain and you've been in in academia and in research for for many many years uh over a decade already when exactly why exactly maybe you decided to make a transition into sports coming from this very specific you know technical research and academia side then move into sports like why exactly did you decide to make that transition um i was always on the applied side of the science so i was always leading projects and research uh, initiatives that have clear value and uh, quite immediate benefits for uh, people and uh, during my time at Tel Aviv University, I've been leading a research there in the Center for Innovations in Neuroscience at Tel Aviv. And uh, we focused on the problem of rehabilitation, recovery after brain injuries that leads to disability. So imagine a person who are paralyzed after stroke, but the real problem is not with, their, with his or her limb, but the real problem is with his brain that lost ability to control the limb properly. So we developed and, uh, technology to uh, enhance, improve rehabilitation where, by directly training their brain uh, to regain mobility. And then after patenting and applying that technology for healthcare industry, um, we started the company and they started the journey to help very different type of individuals, but also working hard every day to improve their ability to control movements for their profession proficiency. And of course, I'm talking about athletes. And this is how we started our journey in the sports arena, uh, allowing athletes to improve their performance by directly training their brain. Very, very interesting. Um, I want to talk about iBrain Tech because I think it's, uh, it's a very interesting solution that brings onto the sports market. Um, but I know that maybe... Uh, someone that is not too technical or might not have a very specific scientific background may have it hard to understand how exactly this works or what is the science or logic behind it. So I wonder if you can maybe share with us how exactly does it work, but try to explain explain this to us if you, we were five years old. Uh, that's how I always say it so that we can keep it very, very simple of uh, what exactly does it do and what's the logic behind it and the idea that it really aims to solve? Absolutely. This is the main purpose. And the concept is really very simple and cool. Imagine a computer game, sports computer game, that you play with your mind effort only. You have your avatar in your sports, in your stadium where you train, and you need to control the behavior of this avatar. How you can do that? You just need to visualize actions and then avatar execute them. Um, and the trick here is that when you just visualize a kick, a pass, our brain needs to plan this action before execution. And then when millions of neurons work together, we can sense the activation of the brain 
with a special sensory cap that you need to wear on uh, your head. So you put on a, a, a cap that looks like a swimming cap with a few silver sensors placed strategically there. And we can track how well you activate or imagine movements. And the thing is that when you just imagine the movement, our brain performs exactly the same work as when you really move on the field, on the court, in your game. And uh, if you can sense and decode the activations of the brain during visualization effort, you can give immediate feedback how well you visualized your action. So I can tell you not only that you visualized the kick, but how well you did that. Was your concentration level on the maximum of what is available for you? What was your motor activation according to your level? And then it leads us to an opportunity to exercise the brain, very specific regions of the brain, the same way as you go to the gym. You go to the gym, you do push-ups and your biceps growth as a response because you exercise this specific muscle. The same goes for the brain. It is use it or lose it. If you use it and activate and exercise specific areas of the brain, then as a response, more and more neurons involved and more and more connections established to support that function. So you play the game, just visualizing actions. You see immediate feedback. Your avatar, if you didn't do a good job, your avatar will miss. Your kick will be not strong enough your pass will be not accurate enough. So you need to be really all in and activate all relevant areas of the brain to execute very good uh, pass or kick action on the field. And then you learn how to do that on, on the most optimal way and how to build your brain to support that actions when you need them on the field. I wonder if in terms of timing, this could have worked, say, 15 years ago? Or is this something that, given the technology that exists today, enables us to have this type of solution um, right now? Is, is timing appropriate now? Or could this have existed? Or this maybe existed in other variations, in other areas, uh, for other types of research or studies um, before? W what are your thoughts around that? In, in this particular case, both answers are yes. Uh, the, the basic technology called neurofeedback is around uh, and available around 30 years. And recently, just last year, it was FDA cleared for ADHD treatment. It's been applied to regulate different areas of the brain uh, for enhanced performance. Nevertheless, the moderate training, moderate direct training of the brain was not possible because the motor signals are so um, tiny and complex. So only a few years ago, we got enough computational power and uh, sophisticated enough algorithms to do that in real time. Of course, we could do that post-factum. We can record one hour of visualization effort and then analyze it. And then I can tell you, this area is good, is activated really well, but this area should be like, we, we can work on that. But then you as individual can't really use that information. You can't influence that. You can't train that area. And because we are talking now in real time training, we need fast enough and efficient enough computation to support that. 
that is that is actually really 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 interesting i think we're going to get into it a little bit later more more around that uh, but i wonder i'm su i'm super curious if there's any lessons specific lessons that you acquired through iBrain tech about athletes or about the 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 way athletes make decisions the decision making process of athletes something that you learned about athletes or specifically for soccer in this case through iBrain Tech, is there one or two lessons that you would like to share with us? Yeah, we, we learned so much about about that field. Uh, we started with soccer, but we released recently basketball. So generally, we are we work with athletes as, as, as a general, and um, they are super competitive. This is number one, and each and every solution that can make them better. They're mostly in. Uh, nevertheless, um, the dynamics of the brain training is very different between young athletes and veterans. Veterans, for instance, can't spend enough time on the field. The same amount of training and repetitions they cannot do anymore. And they love eye brain because they can do visualization instead of some part of the work on the field. Where young guys, they're, they spend on the field enormous amount of time, but they want and still need more and more. And they use us extra to, their, to the field because they can work on many repetitions in addition to what they can do on the field to really create automatism that differentiates pro from amateur. Um, so their habits are different. Their brain patterns are very different. Uh, but the buy-in from Generation Z, from young guys, um, once they hear a concept computer game, that they can play with my mind and become better footballer, shut up and let me try it. That's it. No explanation. <laughs> shut up and take my money. Huh? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit like curious around how exactly do we scale this solution um i know that there's a b2c plan in the making probably you also want to talk about that but you mentioned this like specific hat or uh we wearable let's call it that you use on your head uh that has some a specific electro uh receptors or i don't even know how you call them but um I don't know if this is something that you can, you know, just go and buy on any Walmart or any, you know, Best Buy. Um, so I wonder if there's specific plan for that you have on your mind. Maybe now it's more switching on onto the entrepreneurship side and the business side of iBrainTech. How exactly do you plan to scale this so that eventually everyone at every level in every country in the world can have access to this specific type of training? At the moment, we are on a very promising traction with professional clubs. Uh, uh, iBrain has been already implemented in six different countries. Uh, recently, we signed Premier League Club in, in the United Kingdom. It was a very important milestone for us to, to get acceptance from this league. Um, and this is definitely the journey where going step by step and in each and every club we open a small mind room just mind exercise room next door to the gym then professional team members 
from first, second, and uh, junior teams and the 19, 17, 15 can come in according to their schedule and train. So this is immediate um, users. But then thousands of young players training with the academy, with these affiliate schools, can get access to that by unlocking that mind room concept and creating a few mind rooms in affiliate schools. And this is second step. This is the step that we're making right now. And for that, we are raising um, another round to get uh, to create that infrastructure to bring brain training to this hundreds of thousands of users around clubs. But long-term objective is that you go into sports retail store, would it be Decathlon, would it be Dick's Sporting Goods, um, you buy a hat with their seamlessly integrated sensors there, you take your mobile phone and you look to your avatar in your sports. And if you do soccer, you exercise soccer actions. If your sister does basketball, she, she logs to her avatar with this cap and practice basketball. And that is caters to the needs of the whole family. No, this is this is actually super uh, a great point that you make, uh, Costa. And I, I just want to like maybe just um, just summarize it, because I think that uh, one of the key elements here that I'm listening to is maybe also comparing it to the, the, the companies that created uh, machines with uh, specific um, use cases for, for gyms, like exercise gyms, physical gyms, right? Uh, probably they created and and so immediately they thought, okay, so how do we make this available for everyone? Well, you don't really need to put an, a machine, uh, one machine of these in every specific household or in the, in the hands of every customer in the world. However, you can create gyms, uh, and probably that 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 was the way uh, it, it got initially initially created, where people can just go there and use it as they uh, as they train and as they develop their physical and everything. And so that that part of the solution is super interesting, and I'm also super fascinated by by, and I'm looking forward to seeing that uh, hat at uh, you know lids or. Dick Sporting Goods, uh, all these uh, stores, you know, even buying my hat, taking it to the game, you know, halftime, maybe halftime snacks. And then after halftime snacks, I'm going to be practicing, you know, my scoring goals and everything. Um, so I think it's I think it's super interesting. And, I, and that that actually brings me ne next to the to, to, to the next um, topic, which is uh, the future of neurotraining. Can all sports really be uh, eventually tapped through this specific solution or does this require a specific discrete amount of uh, movements or actions that happened on the field or on the play that you can tap meaning that maybe swimming is a uh, just thinking out of a uh, quick quick mind uh swimming maybe uh harder to train for the mind because of how the dynamics of the sport or uh just tell me what you think in terms of can can all sports be tapped uh, through neurotraining, and if that is the case, how do you see it developing eventually, and how do we really get there? Of course, also with iBrain Tech. Thank you for the question. Um, let me start from the like, bigger picture. I think, and 
I agree with many experts in the field now that not only next frontier in sports is brain training and brain science, it's generally that neuroscience has a potential to become new AI if we measure the impact, the future impact. Now AI is revolution, I'm sorry, is uh, really changing many and disrupting many industries. And uh, neuroscience has the capacity to change the way we sleep, we uh, learn, we study, we get trained, right? This is direct access. And this is the way, for instance, where metaverse is going to. This is the objective to get into the brain, right? Uh, by, by top uh, entrepreneurs of the world right now. Uh, so we have to be careful to do it right. We have to be mindful how to train our mind. And this is very, very, very important topic, ethics should be taken seriously in, into consideration in AI and especially with neuroscience. And if we talk about sports specifically, can we train brains of, of different athletes? Yes, we, we, we can do that and we have to do that. In every sport where sophisticated actions are required is can benefit from visualization and neurofeedback. I would say only, you know, just running, jogging doesn't need us because jogging is being controlled mostly from the spinal cord. So you don't need uh, the, the training the brain because it's not there. But most of sports action, including swimming, including golf, including tennis, uh, also different applications of healthcare, recovery, Right, and even uh, some military applications for training next generation of soldiers can benefit from neuroscientific applications. Wow, this uh, this is actually mind opening, eye opening, and uh, gets me super excited uh, to hear you specifically talk about all of this. It's a fascinating, fascinating area of sports, and as you mentioned, the metaverse and the future of how we uh, use and interact with our brains. I think that it's, uh, it's very, very fascinating. I, I, I agree with you on, on ethics. I always say, I joke with my friends that the, the, the day that uh, corporations will learn how to tap into our brains and in our, in our dreams, they're going to start sponsoring, you know, Jake's from State Farm in, in our dreams and everything. So that's going to be <laughs> it's going to be wild, man. So I hope that I uh, hope that it's not too aggressive. I hope that it, uh, you know, as you mentioned, it's ethically and done properly um, outside of sports, as you mentioned, uh, healthcare, uh, rehab and, and, and military. Is there any other areas that you think uh, top of mind that this um, that they can find so much value in this specific technology? Generally speaking, 60% of our brain, of our human brain, is built to control movement. Everything that we do in our life is through movement. We talk through movement, we act, we, we live through action. Um, so, of course, we can benefit from that and also like our abilities to concentrate, our abilities to focus, um, uh, to sleep better. This, those industries that can benefit dramatically, but healthcare 
um, sports and military, I would say that those are early adopters of each and every uh, new technology, right? And I, I think the order is military sports and uh, healthcare uh, to, to my to my pity, but that, that's the reality. I don't know if you watched the movie Limitless, how they say that you only use or you only get to access 30, 13% of the brain's uh, capacity. And there's just so much talk around how much we don't know about the brain and how it's like a very undeveloped market. I don't know if you, uh, not, not a market, undeveloped like uh, muscle and the, there's not so much that we know about it. I don't know if you agree with that or if you have just maybe from from academia a very more a more technical side um but how how much exactly do you think we know about the brain and we've we've uh we've conquered and understood about it just do you want to just drop an opinion about it <laughs> um generally speaking you know i think that our body and generally like biological environment are very dynamic and it always ha has a tendency to respond to the need if you really need then you can develop if you work hard that you can master a skill and we all know that and it very much depends like uh, prehistoric humans were much better in hearing in in planning attack to the animal and escaping the line like uh, the the feeling the processing of their feelings were more efficient Though today we are much more efficient in processing information, and it all depends on the real need on the, of the environment. So I would say we, as, as a society, uh, have that right and might to determine objectives, so we can develop ourselves towards that of goals and objectives. Um, so I hope I answered the, your question. I, I don't think that we don't use our brain. I, uh, this estimation of percentage, I, I don't, I, I can't relate to that. I would say that we definitely can develop our brain better by organizing proper environment. For instance, instead of sitting in Instagram and, and Facebook, uh, we can do some uh, other activities. I understand that it is hard, but imagine if you have games or letter activities that are helpful to you. This is one of uh, the core values I really uh, share and appreciate that any training should be playful, joyful, and beneficial. This is also one of their cornerstones of what we're doing in iBrain Tech. Yeah, I think, I think it's a massive, massive space and that it is now opening up more and more uh, opportunities for innovation and development and solutions like uh, like yours, Costa. Super excited to see uh, where you guys are going to get to, you know, in the next couple of years. Uh, can't wait to see. And man, it's been it's been a fun time with you. It's been such an interesting, fun time with you. And I always ask this uh, last question, personal question before we wrap it up. So the, the personal question that I have for you, uh, Costa, is that if you could pick a character from history to have uh, one dinner with, who would you choose and, and why exactly would you choose that, uh, that character? Wow, I love history. So it's so hard to, to select just one. Uh, I don't know, I, I would probably pick Einstein 
I really admire him and I would ask him uh, about ethics of what of what uh, science can bring to the table. Yeah, it, it would be fascinating. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you enjoy this episode, hit the subscribe button and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy learning about the business and technology behind sports, make sure you subscribe to the Sports Tech Biz newsletter. I'll leave the link in the show notes. See you all next week. Bye-bye.